to the Ancient Slumber Podcast, show number 35. My name is Chris Ward, and I am sometimes a writer and sometimes an observer. And today I am talking with none other than Myron Schmidt. How you doing, Myron? Mr. Chris, what's up? What's up? My blood pressure. <laughs> yes. You know, we've kind of had a run of these. We've had like three shows in, in fairly quick succession. We're, I know. We're getting back on track. Our attempts to bury Gorblimey and his workload are paying off dividends. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, this is what, the third one we've recorded this year? Yeah, I know. Bloody hell. The, the third one in, like, the past few months. Excellent. I know, right? We're on, we're on pace to have a good production that year. Apparently <laughs> <laughs> we can make <laughs> the content better. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, that's never going to happen, dude. Never. It's not. Oh. So I started a new diet. A new diet? Okay. I did. I did. And I mean, I, I've lost a lot of weight mm-hmm. over the last, like, probably three years of my life. Okay. Well, smoking weed does that to you, you know? <laughs> God, I wish I could. I've dropped about 70 pounds. Really? Yeah, but I tried to, I'm trying to get off the coffee and that kind of shit, and I'm on a diet, and it's just the most dismally appalling thing ever. Dude, I can't have any kind of... I, I got two choices I've got. Bubbly water, seltzer water, regular water, and a few, not even all of them, a few herbal teas I can drink. That's it. Oh, dear. Oh, oh, I'd, God. Rather, oh I'd rather be fat. Fucking hell. <laughs> damn, dude. That's why I am. <laughs> I, so goddamn fucking crabby. <laughs> I, can, I can bend steel. <laughs> well, I figure I'm in the latter half of my life now, so fuck it, I can let myself go. <laughs> Not that I was ever a fucking model to start with, but... Uh, Oh, well, saw, talking of food and that, I saw an advert on telly the other day, and it was advertising like barbecue food, like sausages, burgers, and blah blah blah. Sure. And uh, it, there was a nice panning shot over this table, and there were sausages, burgers, and it said, "All of this food is meat-free and is made from plants." <laughs> well, fucking turn that shit off then for a start. Oh, why the fuck would I want to eat that? I don't know. <laughs> oh, there's uh there's this weird weird meat substitute Burger King has, and it's called the Impossible Burger. But there's a lot of a lot of chains serving, and I, I picked up a dude in my Uber or Lyft one night. He was a he was a cook at a you know a burger place. Yeah, and he and I asked him about it, and he goes, "Don't ever eat it." He said, "I can't stomach the stuff. It's so bad." 
He said it smells so bad when he's cooking it, he can yeah. barely cook it. It's he said it's got this weird metallic taste, this weird metallic smell. That's all the chlorine. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but <laughs> oh god, you know. So I'm not speaking of that. I've never, 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 never. No, no. Call me old fashioned, but um, I like my meat, and I, I don't <laughs> go wrangling chickens or anything like that. I'm not a, I'm not brutal, but um, I don't kill it. So there you go. I'll eat it. <laughs> But funny, I thought you choked a lot of chickens with your day. <laughs> Who told you that that camera's come on again, isn't it? <laughs> Please pull your pants up, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> oh, pants aren't down yet. We haven't got to Devil's Rejects. But we will. Yes. Uh, Today, what are we talking about, Myron? We are talking about Rob Zombie films, in particular the Firefly trilogy of House oh, of a Thousand yes. Corpses, yes. The Devil's Rejects, oh, yes. and Free from Hell. Ah, oh, the Oscar-winning... Yes, trilogy. <laughs> for sure, for sure, for sure. Excellent. Well, as we know, I'm I'm a lifelong um, fan of Mr. Zombie and his works. Ha- have you have you ever listened to one of his commentaries? Yes. Is he to me when I listen to one? And we'll we'll talk a little bit about it as this day goes on. But to me, he seems like the the most uninterested person in making film. <laughs> he seems so like nonplussed about everything. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, we'll get to it, but I, th- I think the problem is he starts out enthusiastic with his ideas, and then when he gets halfway through the film and realizes he can't do what he wants, he loses interest. Much like me with my writing, really. <laughs> and that actually, that may be the case. Yeah, that may be the case. But we'll, we'll do that as we go through the films because uh, sometimes it right. it pays off and sometimes it doesn't. Right, right, right. Before we do that, uh, we haven't bought anything this month because we've got no money because we're all locked up. <laughs> right. Speaking of which, how, how's it going at the at the ward house? Is it uh, are you guys killing each other yet? Are 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 you guys sleeping on three different floors? Uh, we haven't got three different floors. We're not we're not all like you Americans with our towers that we live in, you know. <laughs> well, I'm out in my little man cave at the minute, and that's pretty much where I spend most of my time. All right, see, that that's it. That's it. That's all right. Well, well, because I haven't stopped working during the lockdown, so uh, I'm out the house most days anyway. So uh, okay, I, nobody gets the chance to shoot things at me. I gotcha. Well, I mean, I don't know in 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 England in your area are like refinished basements a thing, or is it just a plain basement? Oh yeah, oh yeah, that's more of an American thing. Basements, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I mean, that's where I'm at now. I'm in the basement, but it's it's refinished. So, and I say, you know. Three levels, it's the second story, the first story of the basement. In England, if you've got a basement, that means your house is collapsing. Really? <laughs> so is that what they do when the house shifts? They go and dig out underneath it and essentially put a foundation? No, it just means there's a hole under your house and it's falling down. <laughs> Here I was trying to be all engineering and science-like, and you're like, no, it just means there's a big hole in your house. Yeah, and no, I mean, some places do. I mean, a friend of mine used to live in this old, really old... Um, I think it was Victorian house on a terrace, and they had like a little cellar underneath and things like that. But um, not like okay. you guys. Not you make it into a whole new floor of your house, basically, didn't you? Oh sure. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and some some parts of the it's really it's really strange. But some parts of the country because of the you know geography of the soil, you can't put basements. Yeah. yeah. And and some of those places, that's where the tornadoes hit the hardest. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I mean, like in some parts of Texas, they get a lot of tornadoes, but they can't put basements because the soil is is just like wet clay. Yeah, 
Okay. And your house, your house shifts all the time, and you have to, you literally have to go out and use a water hose to water your foundation or foundational crack. I think if you want anything like that, when they build houses now, it's basically it's a money thing, you know. If you were paying an architect to design a house, you, you know, you can yeah. have if you pay for it, you can have what you want, you know. Yep, yep, yep. But generally, no, it's not a British thing. We don't have air conditioning in our houses either, as standard like you lot do. Oh God, we die without air conditioning. Oh no, you wouldn't. Yes, don't, don't be so ridiculous. No, you wouldn't. You just have to open some more windows. Right. Oh, gosh. Yeah, that's another one of them things we don't have over here. Right. Unless you pay for it, of course. Right. Thank you to the Archite- Architectural and Engineering Podcast. Next time, we're going to talk We're going to talk about built-in cat flaps. <laughs> I don't even know what that is, much less be able to spell it. You don't even know what a cat flap is? No. It's a flap for no. a cat to get in and out the door. I thought you said I thought you said cat cap flap. No cat, four legs like a dog, but a cat. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're gonna do that next. It's gonna be one of them shows, isn't it? <laughs> let's crack on. Let's oh. do some good, some bad, and some ugly. Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> Right then, give me something good that you have seen. Oh gosh, hang on. I watched a movie called Overlord. Oh yes, and, and I I really really enjoyed it. It was a it was a nice well paced action flick. Um, it had a lot of you know decent acting. The monsters or whatever they were doing to make their like weird zombie Captain America type of soldiers that was really good. Um, had a great story. I, I was. I was pretty impressed with Overlord. A bit, bit on the bloody side, but nothing compared to Zombie. Okay. Have you have you seen Overlord at all? I do. I own it on Blu-ray. I saw the uh, preview clip at Fright Fest a couple of years ago before it came out. Oh, nice. Okay, okay. And I thought, oh, that looks really good. And I'm going to pick you up on one thing you said. You said it was nicely paced. The first hour was quite boring, I thought. Really? Yeah. You don't get to the no. really good stuff till about an hour in. Well, that is true. That That is true. And then it's a roller coaster to the end. That last act is brilliant, I think. I think if the whole yeah, film yeah, had yeah. been like that. But I, I'm not saying it's bad. I just think... It... Yeah. I, I actually didn't mind it quite that much. Um, I mean, it, it's, it wasn't as bad as some of the movies that we're going to see, talk about today for sure. Yeah. In, 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 in that respect. But, yeah, it was... I, I really enjoyed it. I, I thought it was a good movie. Yeah, yeah it's a good film. But, uh, yeah, so I, I think I just want... Considering the clip I saw and the build-up it had, I thought I wanted more sort of the the zombie or the monster stuff in the first hour. But yeah, I, I get that. I get that. Did you know that that film started out as a potential sequel or prequel to um, Cloverfield? I would. I would have sworn you were going to say Dead Snow. No, no, but I could see a connection there. That uh, really? Yes, it was. Um, that's why it's, it's a big budget, such a big budget film. Is that it was originally going to be another Cloverfield film. Interesting. And that's, so the makers were given all that budget to work with, and then it was like, no, this isn't going to be part of the Cloverfield story. They made it into a sort of experimental monster movie. Interesting. Interesting. There you go. Yeah, but I, I ended up giving it a four out of five. I thought it was better than most. Okay, I think I gave it three or three and a half on Letterbox. I think. Yeah, we're close. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Yeah, it is good fun. When, once it kicks in, it's really good fun. Yeah. Yeah, 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 of course. Cool. My good then is from 1981. And is a David Cronenberg film called Scanners. Oh man, I got the Criterion version of that. Oh, is there a Criterion? Okay. Yeah, there is. There is. I got that. 
Second Sight put it out on uh, Blu-ray over here, and um, yeah, Xavier just had a Second Sight sale. Say that again, Second Sight sale. And I picked up Scanners and um, what's the other one, The Brood, a while ago, ten pounds each on Blu-ray. Was it since it was Xavier? Was it Steelbook? No, there is a Steelbook, but that's a lot more money. Yeah, <laughs> well, I found ten pounds sale. Why not? If it was ten pounds, I'd have got it. I think the Steelbook's about twenty-five pounds. Ah, gotcha, gotcha. Just gotcha. standard Blu-rays, so. Uh, yeah. Yep. Scanners. I love scanners. Me too. Can't go wrong with exploding heads and Michael Ironside looking like he's about to come all the time. <laughs> Fun fact: I did see that in the movie theater. Got kicked out of that movie because I wasn't old enough because it was rated right the star movie. Oh, really? Yep. You weren't old enough in 1981. No. Bloody hell. No. I know. <laughs> yeah. It's not my friend and I. We got kicked out of there, and my dad ended up having to come and sit and watch the rest of it with us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Oh, not embarrassing at all. <laughs> uh, no. I mean, it is. I mean, obviously, the exploding head is obviously the bit that everybody knows. And I, but that final battle with Mark Lionside and Stephen Lack, when they both have their cum faces on, is just fucking brilliant. <laughs> I know it's good stuff. I kind of want to watch that again. It is now, great. Now there is a Scanners two and three, right? Yes, I've seen them. Yes. Okay, okay. I don't think I have those, but maybe that's uh, something we do in the future. Yes, I think it's on the list. Good. You know, for our, our two fans, Chris, Chris has a list. I'm not sure where this list is. He's in my head. <laughs> okay. So, in other words, he makes it up as he goes. Yeah. Well, you haven't clocked that in 35 podcasts. <laughs> I don't make shit up as I go along. Well, I thought the list was real. Got me where I am today. <laughs> yeah. Which is fucking nowhere. <laughs> Ah, oh, but Scanners is a good one. Scanners is very good, yes. Yeah, the sequels are, uh, they're quite entertaining. They miss that Cronenberg touch, but um, they are quite good in their own little way. Yeah. So, yeah, we will we will get to them. I'm looking at my letterbox, you know, because I got it open looking at the movie titles, and I see Tiger King, Murder, Mayhem, and Madness. Did you watch the Tiger King thing? Um, no, because life's too short. <laughs> it is a, it is a, like, eight, eight episode documentary about the most Worthless people ever. Every every person. <laughs> so why so why would I want to watch it? I, I you know what? It's one of those things. It's like a, a traffic accident. Yeah. You you just once you look at it, you can't watching turn away. one or you, being in one. <laughs> yeah, you both both. But yeah, I was just looking at that. Going, oh jeez. <laughs> but anyways, talking of talking of bad, give me a bad film. Oh gosh, um, this is really not horror. Well, it, it was a horror to watch. Okay, and mm-hmm. I, I know they could have done that. I know it. It was an action movie called Extraction. Oh, right. yeah, I've heard bits and bobs about that. You know, and it's um, it it started off pretty decent, and then it just I I don't know where it went. I don't know it went sideways. It went it it veered. It it was it it, it you get to the point where you, you just kind of. You just kind of just hope everybody but the kid dies because you just don't care anymore. <laughs> you really just don't care. Fair enough. No, they tried. They tried to have an art house ending, but the action sequences were okay. But it was just you just look at it. And go. I think Chris Hemsworth had something to do with it. Yeah. And, and you just you just kind of look at it and you go, I've seen Thor. I've seen you in Avengers. I've seen you in other stuff. You you gotta you really can't act, and, and you really could probably do a good movie. Why are you doing this? But a lot of people really loved it. I, I It just didn't click with me one day. Does it smack of contractual obligation of something you signed before the Marvel films? It's it, it's possible. 
yeah. It, it's just, yeah, yeah, it's, or, or maybe it's just one of those, he himself really liked the script and said, I'm just going to do it, and more power to him if he did. It's just, hmm. it's one of those action flicks that just didn't click with me. Okay. There's quite a few of them about. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're kind of a, they're kind of a funny beast, but that's kind of my bad. It's not, I haven't watched a lot of horror movies. I've been watching a lot of Star Wars movies, a lot of Marvel movies. I watched, you know, Extraction. Did you get round to The Rise of Skywalker? Yes, I did. Shit in it. <laughs> I, you know, I I actually, I, I did mind it. See, I remember, I, and you know what, it's probably a lot of this is just a nostalgia wave. Hmm. But I remember, I remember seeing Star Wars in the movie theater when it came out. What, and you got thrown out and your dad had to come and get you? No, 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 no. That was that was in '77. I was I was age appropriate. Yeah, I know. My mom took my brother and I, and and I loved it. You know, just the the beat of the theater, the the, the theme comes up, and you read the letters, and Darth Vader comes out, and you're like, oh mm. man, I'm 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 in, I'm I'm golden. So I think all a lot of that stuff, I really enjoyed it. But I know why everybody kind of disliked it because it was very. It's just kind of like they threw a bunch of shit together. Yeah, I like I like the stuff with the Emperor. Even though they sort of Freddy Krueger him a bit, but <laughs> but I quite like that. But um, I've got opinions on the whole sequel trilogy anyway. I'm not a massive fan, and yeah, I just didn't really see the point in this <laughs> at all. So are you not a massive fan of like the first three, or you like four through six, and you don't like seven through nine? Oh well, I mean, I'm you know I saw Return of the Jedi when it came out in 1983 when I was like six or seven years old, and you know yeah, that, yeah right. Star Wars trilogy, like with you with the first one, that was my thing when I was a kid. I'm actually yep, sat yep. here drinking out of a Yoda coffee mug as we speak. Nice, nice. You know, I'll take the prequels because I wanted to know how Darth Vader came to be, even though they could be better. But um, the sequel trilogy, I just, no, as far as I'm concerned, the Skywalker saga ended in 1983. I gotcha. I don't need to see anymore. There, there is no story after that. Did you Did you enjoy Rogue One? I like Rogue One. That's the best of the new ones. Okay, okay. You know, maybe one of these days we should take a departure and just talk about Star Wars. We can do show. stuff. We'll do a Star Wars show. We can do that. Yeah. We can do what we like. Have you seen Mandalorian? Yes. Okay, okay. <laughs> um, I've seen all the whole all eight episodes. I'm um, I'm going to go ahead and say this. I, I enjoyed it. Yeah. But, but there's a lot of people who just absolutely love it. And mm. I'm not sure. That's not me. It just didn't... I didn't love it. It didn't click like that with me. And I, and I was watching it thinking, yeah, this is kind of cool. And I mean, I'd watch a season two or season three, of course. I love Star Wars. I love the universe. Mm. Yeah, but didn't love it. Yeah. Yeah, I was the same. I liked it. Didn't yep. love it. I liked seeing Carl Weathers in it. I thought he was really good. Yep. And I know Michael Bean's lined up to be in series two. Yeah. So, and, uh, yeah. Yeah. Looking forward to that. But yeah, I didn't come away and go, that was fantastic. That was the best thing I've ever done. I was like, yeah, it was good. Baby Yoda's cute, you know. It was more Star Warsy than the sequel trilogy. <laughs> oh, but there yeah. we go. Anyway. Yeah, I know. Let's do my bad. I could say Rise of Skywalker. No. It was... <laughs> no, you may not. No. This is one that I actually reviewed for um, Fright Fest recently. I don't okay. usually pick out my professional ones, but I haven't watched anything else that's been really bad recently. But this one is from 1982, and it's called Blood Tide. Blood Tide. Okay. Okay. It's um, it was written by I can never remember the guy's name, and I do apologise. He's Greek, Nico Mastarakis, who made Island of Death, famous video nasty, and 
Uh, you, okay. re- you read the cast list, and it's got James Earl Jones, Martin Cove, and uh, Jose Ferreira. So, you know, credible really? actors. Yeah, really good actors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's from 1982. Um, it's set on a Greek island. The cinematography is beautiful. It's a really great setting. It's an interesting story about us sacrificing virgins to a sea monster. And what a load <laughs> of bollocks. Really? Yeah. All that's all that set up and no delivery. It's fucking terrible. The monster was oh. made out of washing up liquid bottles stuck together, and it looked plasticky and false. Martin Cove okay. is channeling uh, Baywatch era David Hasselhoff before that was even a thing. <laughs> the hair? How does he get his hair like that? This big bouffant. I couldn't understand it. James Earl Jones looks embarrassed. He's obviously just warming up his voice, getting ready for Return of the Jedi, and it's just. <laughs> You think you've got actors like that and you've got this setting and you've got this story about, you know, a sea monster. Yeah, it's silly, but, you know, there are loads of silly monster movies that are great fun to watch. And um, of course, yeah, it's just, there's about an hour and 10 minutes of nothing happening. And then you get about 20 minutes of people running around shouting and then a flash of this plastic monster. And then it ends. Wow. And it was bloody terrible. But, yeah, my full written reviews on frightfest.co.uk. Go there and read that. And... um it was put out on Arrow as a Blu-ray. Yeah, not one of their best. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of Arrow, I, I just noticed the other day I have the end version of Children of the Corn. Maybe one day we'll do that set of series. <laughs> Fuck me, you're desperate, yeah. <laughs> There's about 15 of them. I uh, know. I, I, sorry. It's, it's the new diet. It's the... this this. It's the corn. <laughs> you want to talk about corn, do you? Well, yeah, it's in a similar way. Though some of those later sequels make me shit a lot as well, so... <laughs> I'm sure we can do it at some point. I do have them all, I think, in various formats. I don't. I'm kind of half-ass kidding. Let's let's move on. You don't want it. All right. We'll, okay, <laughs> no. we'll do that, and we'll do Amit- all the Amityvilles. How about that? Yeah, right, right. Yeah, that'll take we us still... up to 2025. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Even our two listeners would have given up by then. Oh God, yes, yes, exactly. No, we need to. Uh, we got to talk about. I know you've already done a show, but we got to get my thoughts on the new Halloween. When the other one comes out, and we should probably get my thoughts on the new Amityville. We should probably do the Amityville one, right? Isn't there a couple Amityvilles I've missed? <laughs> There's about fifteen you've missed. No, 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 no. We did a show. We yeah, we yeah, we did the original versus the remake, and then we did a little discussion about Amityville too. I think, and that was about it. Yeah, I kind of, I kind of politic for that. Tell you what, we'll we'll do an Amityville show, but we're not going to do all of them because they're, they're all fucking terrible after part three. Okay. But I'll, okay. I'll put together some of the ones we need to look at, and uh, I'll figure okay. something out. <laughs> I'll figure something uh, out. I'll figure something. I always do. Right. Ugly. Give me an ugly film. Ugly film. Um, God, I just had this. Okay. This. Wait a minute. I gave you a bad ugly. Okay. This is one of those it's ugly and bad films. It, it's it's called um, Antrim, the deadliest film ever made. I think I caught it on Shudder. Okay. Now, originally, the only reason I watched this was because I thought it was a power footage movie, obviously. Oh, and you're surprised it was shit. <laughs> the first 15 minutes or first 20 minutes are a found footage mockumentary type of film talking about this this film called Antrim. And I thought, awesome, this is where this is going. I'm really enjoying this. This is going to be good. And then they showed the film Antrim. So, you know how... Did you ever see the short film called Cigarette Burns? Yes. Okay. Okay. So 
the, the what's his name? Norman Reedus is trying to find this this film, and he sees the film at the end. He goes crazy. It's about them catching an angel, and yada yada yada. Yeah. Um, so Antrim, if you watch this movie, it like summons the devil. You go crazy. Um, you die. That kind. Of, it, it didn't kill people fast enough for the movie Antrim. It, it was way too long. It was way too art housey. I mean, the movie Antrim itself was like an hour long. That part of it, yeah. and it was. It was shot in this weird 70s filter, soap opera filter kind of setting. And it, it um, Cheap is what you mean. Oh, God, it was terrible. It just, I, I apologize if, if anybody really likes it. I just, it didn't click with me. The movie was long. I started fast forwarding parts of the movie. I just couldn't take it. It was that bad. Um, it just, it, it was boring. It was, you know, I, I think what happened is they tried to do this this kind of art house devil summoning kind of movie in some weird back end in way. Hmm. And it just, in my brain, it was like, no, I'm not buying it. And no, no, I just didn't. That is, it's ugly. It's bad. I, so I can't give it. So was it like found footage for most of it or part of no. it? No. Okay. So the movie's about an hour and a half. Long. Let's say an hour and a half rough number. Yeah. The first 30 minutes was kind of the mockumentary talking about Antrim. Okay. And then they showed the movie. That was about an hour long. But it was about, to be honest, if mm. they had spread the mockumentary out, that part out to be an hour, mm. and then showed the movie, the movie was only like 10 minutes, that would have been so much better. Okay. But this, this, oh, this movie was just, oh. I'm just thinking, the, the amount of times you come on here and talk about bad films, and nine times out of ten, they're found footage. And that, and that doesn't tell you something. <laughs> I, I, I mean, it's like, I, I, I keep going back to the well. I find so many that are good. And, and, you know, <laughs> but you keep but, it to yourself. <laughs> but, you know, for every Lake Mungo, for every Troll Hunter, for every Blair Witch... For every conspiracy, for every Operation Avalanche, there's a hundred thousand answers. Yeah, that's true. It's like death metal, in it. For every it, uh, <laughs> domination by Morbid Angel, you get a fucking million teenage kids in a garage band. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. I know what you mean. But yeah, yeah. Oh well, okay. So you didn't enjoy Antrim? I, I did not. I, I did not. It, it, it seriously could not end quick enough for me. Well, there is the most um, uh, films now. They come with what's called a stop button. <laughs> well, I, I was trying to at least get to the end to see if it redeemed itself somehow, but no, no, no. There's no no final shot that's going to redeem it. No, no, oh, not dear. at all. Oh well. Okay, my ugly is a film which I actually enjoy, but it is ugly because it's a a, a very um, tricky subject matter. To, talk about and it's a film from 2008 called dead girl have you seen it okay nope never seen it no it's uh two teenage kids bunk off school one day and they go and piss about in this uh derelict old hospital and uh, they go down into the basement and uh there's a naked girl tied to a gurney down there yeah they don't know who she is where she comes from why she's there blah 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 but she's stripped naked and teenage boys being teenage boys they one of them oh. decides to uh, yeah and, uh, oh, yeah, and it goes from there and it turns out that she's like a zombie because he brings his friend back in and he says, hey, look at this. And then he shoots her and then she's still alive. And she basically becomes a sex thing for this teenage lad. 
Oh boy. And it goes from there, you know, and they drag the school bully down there and tell him to stick his dick in her mouth, which he does, and oh, it's all very disastrous, as you can imagine. <laughs> but um it's a really good film. It's it's treated fairly seriously. <laughs> you see, it starts out, you think it's going to be like some teenage slasher fun thing, and it's not really fun, but it's an interesting story. And, uh, you know, all the correct people get their comeuppance and all that sort of stuff, but, um, yeah, it's just one of them things. It's a dark subject matter, but it's handled well. That's why it's happening. I got you, I got you. I, I, I've actually passed over that title just because of the uh, because of the description. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah. but, so what, you're, what you're saying is I might, might be all right to, to go ahead and watch Yeah. Best not watch it when the girlfriend's in the room. And uh, <laughs> yeah. but uh, yeah, you can get your pants off to that one if you want. I think I'll leave my pants up. <laughs> She's very sweaty. The girl is tied down <laughs> to the gurneys. There is some close-up shots that aren't really sort of gratuitous, but she's very sweaty. They don't they don't use wipes. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> There's no sanitizer down there. I can tell you. Oh, bit, of towel, bit of towel. Chris, I'm going to go take a shower and I'll be back at 10. <laughs> <laughs> 10, fucking hell. Oh, God. Yeah, Dead Girl, 2008. I think gotcha. in the U- in the US, I think there is an extended cut available on Blu-ray, which we haven't got over here. We've only got the theatrical DVD release. But, uh, of, of course there is. I'd be interested to see that if somebody wants to furnish me with a copy. <laughs> oh, of course there is. For research purposes, of course. Oh, of course. Uh, of course. For research purposes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, that's our good, bad and ugly done with anyway. Yeah, 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 yeah. Should we move on to our main feature? Yes, let, let, let's move on to our main feature. Let's move on. Let's have a little discussion about a film called House of a Thousand Corpses. Yes. I'm going to play a trailer. Howdy, folks. You like blood, violence, freaks of nature? On a stormy Halloween night, four young people set out across the back roads of America. What's that? It's a hitchhiker. What, should we stop? We can't leave it right here in the rain. In search of a mysterious figure known only as... Dr. Satan. Do you know anything about the legend of Dr. Satan? Yeah, I can show you. Dr. Satan! Ah, Dr. Satan! What they uncovered... You ain't seen nothing yet is the most horrifying and shocking tale of carnage ever seen. Well, I bet you'd stick your head in fire if I told you you could see hell. You seen this girl? Yeah, they want to play Nancy Drew with this local legend that people call Dr. Satan. Stupid kids probably got themselves lost. Let's get out of this nut house. The boogeyman is real. And you found him. It's From director Rob Zombie comes a journey into hell. This can't be real, this can't be real, this can't be real. House of a Thousand Corpses. Hope you like what you see! Right then. House of a Thousand Corpses, directed by Rob Zombie from 2003, even though it was filmed earlier than that. Starring Sid Haig, woohoo! Karen Black, Bill Mosley, woohoo! Sherry Moon Zombie, Dennis Fimple, Ugh, oh god, my list has gone off my screen. Matthew McCrory, 
Ken Johnson, Chris Hardwick, and Rain Wilson, and lots of other people. Karen Black, she's in it as well. Did I say Karen Black? I can't remember. You did. I did. did. I fucked that up, didn't I? Oh, well. (laughs) Teach me to read things in the wrong order. Okay. The synopsis, according to IMDb, is... Two young couples travelling across the backwoods of Texas searching for urban legends of murder end up as prisoners of a bizarre and sadistic backwater family of serial killers. We haven't heard that plot synopsis before, have we? No. Never. Ever. Ever. This is original. This is absolutely as original as it is possible to be. (laughs) Right. Right. So, Rob Zombie's motion picture directorial debut. Yes. Yes. Okay, because this was in the works for a while, because he was originally stated to be making a, a crow film, if I remember correctly, in the late 90s. I think so. I think yeah. that's the story. After after White Zombie split, because uh, did you listen to White Zombie and all that in the 90s? Uh, a little bit. Not much. No, oh, I did. I fucking loved them. I got into them around um, ooh, what was the album? La Sexa Sisto in 92. Okay, okay, okay. So yeah, I've been a Rob Zombie fan for a long time. And uh, yeah, Rob Zombie went solo, and then he was touted to do be doing a Crow sequel, which all fell apart because all Crow sequels seem to fall apart. And then uh, he came back with this, his directorial debut, House of Thousand Corpses. Right? Did you see it when it came out? No, no, I did not. Uh, see, I don't know. I can't remember it getting a theatrical release over here. It might well have done, but it might have done a festival circuit. But I just don't remember it being in cinemas. Yeah, it it, it may have done a festival circuit here. I don't remember it being. Yeah, I, I saw it, it on DVD. It was a while ago. Um, have you seen Have you seen Zombie in concert since he started a, his movie career? No, I've never seen Rob Zombie in concert. He's the one sort of that's still going that I haven't seen. Okay, okay. Um, if you get a chance, I think you especially would really enjoy it because hmm. he does his is multimedia concert. So it's it's large TV screens. It's you know the whole deal. Oh, yeah, I've got these live concert DVD. It yeah. Looks, fan- looks fantastic. Yeah, absolutely my sort of thing. So, yeah, this was... Ta- I remember the posters for this being around, and it was the taglines were like, you know, the most twisted film since Texas Chainsaw Massacre and all that type of stuff. Of course, of course. We've seen hundreds of times on other films as well. <laughs> but there was something exciting about this because I always liked Rob Zombie's aesthetic. I love his music, obviously. I love his artwork. You know he knows his shit when it comes to horror films. And, yes, you know, yes. the image of Sid Haig as, as Captain Spaulding was, you know, plastered everywhere. I was fucking stoked for this film. And then I got it on DVD. I found it in a second-hand shop really cheap. Okay. And this would have been about 2004, I think. Okay, okay. And I watched it. And? <laughs> I, for the first 45, 50 minutes, I absolutely loved it. It was, yes. It, it just spoke to me. It was just, you know, Captain Spaulding is, he's my favourite film character anyway. I love Sid Haig's performance. I love his delivery. I love the setup of him as the character. You're never quite sure <laughs> whose side he's on, sort of thing. Right, right. You know, I love, I mean, what's become the typical Rob Zombie thing now. You know, the actors that you've seen in a million other films all come on. You go, oh, look, there's Tom Tolls and there's Karen Black and there's, you know, Walton Goggins and all these people. Yeah, it, it played out. I mean, nothing original in terms of the story. You know, it's Texas Chainsaw Massacre basically redone. But um, I love the characters. I love the look. I love the the in the dialogue, which is what everybody complains about with Rob Zombie because it's all swearing and that doesn't bother me at all. You know, that, that's how those sort of characters would speak anyway. 
Well, yeah, that's the one thing that that I, I uh, this this is probably my fourth or fifth time I've seen this movie. And you know what, Chris? It's getting better. Yeah. See, that I was going to say that next. Every time you watch it, it gets better. It does. Now, especially the first forty-five minutes, fifty minutes. Those are it, it's really better. I, I I've never been a huge fan of this movie. I was watching it, and I was actually watching it with the the commentary, and I'm like, this is a lot better. This is better than I remember. Yeah, and I think when you listen to the commentary as well, you hear a lot. I think Rob Zombie still sounds enthusiastic about this film, and when he talks about yeah. the things that he wanted to do but he couldn't, but he still but but we did this and we got around it by doing this, and it, it still sounds like something he's proud of. Uh huh. The yeah, problem yeah. the problem with it is you get to that fifty minute mark and there's a sudden shift. Yes. When yes. they leave the house and they go outside and they bury the girl and she goes into the uh, Doctor Satan bit. Now, I've never really liked the Doctor Satan thing. I've never got it, if you know what I mean. It didn't seem yeah, to fit. Yeah, me neither. And what I found out when uh, I first saw this film, because back in the day, as I still do now, really, you know, I, I get keen on something and I want to look it up and I want to get all the information I can on it, which instantly goes out my head, which is normally what happens. Right, right. <laughs> as is evident by my listing of uh, the cast members. But, um, yeah, it's, what I found <laughs> out was... Rob Zombie, I read an interview with Rob Zombie and he said that he filmed, there's about another hour of material missing. Oh God. And, um, cause there was a bit of a trouble with this film cause it was funded and made by Universal. When they saw the finished result, they basically said, well, we can't release that. So, um, there was a big hoo-ha and they kept some of the film and then Rob Zombie and Lionsgate bought it back off them. And when they bought it back off Universal, it was incomplete apparently. Really? So, so the missing footage has never been found, and I think there was a fire at Universal's back lot in about 2008. I read another interview with Rob Zombie, and he basically said, you know, the footage was likely to have been in that building, and it probably doesn't exist anymore. So you'll probably never, ever get a full director's cut of it. Really? Yes, which is what he said. So if by some miracle that footage exists, I would love to see a full director's cut version of this. And hopefully it will blend, you know, the Dr. Satan stuff and the sort of Texas Chainsaw type stuff together a bit better. It, it is rather, rather abrupt. Yes. It, it is rather abrupt in how it goes from, you know, really good Firefly family uh, interaction, in quotes, to the weird Dr. Satan thing. Yeah, and it sort of just meanders to a finish, really, in the last sort of 20 minutes, half an hour. It, it does, right. And I think that, I mean, that is still a sticking point with me when I come to grading this film. But like you say... Every watch brings something new from the first bit. You know, Captain Spaulding, Sid Hague's delivery is just masterful. Yes, he, he does well. I think the funny thing is I, I'm in a love-hate relationship with with um, Bill Mosley's, the way that they portrayed Otis in the movie. Yes. I, it, on one hand, I, I, I don't know, but it, it's I can't explain it. it it's like... Um, it, it works for this film... If you only watch this film, yes. and then and the trouble is you watch the Devil's Rejects afterwards, and we'll get there. But yeah, he's he's drastically different. And Rob Zombie explained why he changed it because he felt okay. you know, the car it, the, he felt the cartoonish approach of House was it was too cartoonish for Devil's Rejects, so he wanted to change it. I, I get that for sure. I, I get for that. Sure. But there is something about the character of Otis in this film that I think I want to know more. Where did he come yes. from? You know, yes. how did he get there? You know, it's yes. the old Texas Chainsaw thing about, you know, you never explain how the family related to each other. And, you know, you, I kind of like, I kind of like the house 
Otis version better than I did the other ones. Okay. I, I kind of did. I really, I really liked his his portrayal of Otis in, in House versus Devil's Rejects. But that one wasn't bad. But compared to you know Three from Hell, it was. But know. then, if you took the Otis from House of Thousand Corpses, that wouldn't have worked in Devil's Rejects. Oh God, no. No, no, so I think no. Rob Zombie made the right decision. Of course he did. But um, you know, he's an albino. He's just a freak. He's a freak, isn't he? Yeah. He's just one of them people. He's just dangerous. Just to look at him, yeah. he looks dangerous. Yep, yep, yep. But the other thing I like about this film is, and Rob Zombie's never really gone back to it. Is um, he gets a Rob Zombie gets a bit of flack for sort of mimicking other directors, Tarantino thing, this, that, and the other. But one thing he does in this, which he's never done again, is that scene where Otis has got the gun to Walton Goggins' character's head, and the camera pans up yeah. into the sky, and it just holds it there for about, well, it feels about 30 seconds, and you think, oh, hang on, you think there's the DVD stuck or something. Right, right, right. Which is what I thought when I first saw it, because my DVD player didn't have a counter on the front, so I thought, is the disc stuck? And then, I'll say, after about 30 seconds, he just fires the gun. Oh, absolute genius, how to build tension. On something yep. so simple, and he's never really got another scene like that in any of his other films. I, I don't, I don't think he has either. I'm trying to think real quick, but no. But uh, no, but House of Land Corpses. I think, in many ways, I look at it now, and I think it's one of the films that really set the standard for horror films of the 2000s. I think if you look at House of Thousand Corpses, Saw, Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake, all around 2003, 2004. Yeah. And then you look at what happened the rest of the decade with the torture porn thing and, you know, the whole grindhouse thing. You know, to me, it just, it's not a remake, even though he borrows a lot from Texas Chainsaw too. But I think if you've got Bill Mosley in there, it doesn't really matter anyway, because that's what you get him for. So, right. <laughs> but yeah, I just, the more I watch it, the more I like it. And yeah, I can't say any more. <laughs> I, watched it with, I watched it with my son the other night. Okay, okay. He wanted to watch all three of these, and he's never seen, he's obviously seen me blurting on about it all the time. And he loved it. He absolutely cool. loved it. Cool. Yeah. And right uh, he's not sure whether he prefers this or Devil's Rejects, but um, he likes Spalding. He's his favourite character. I, I think, if, if, yes. I forgot a way to say it. Spalding is not your fa- most favourite character in this movie. You, you, you're wired wrong, but that's not. Yeah, yeah, okay. He absolutely loves it. Okay? He's, he's, um, <laughs> it's awesome. Oh, he's brilliant in everything. Absolutely brilliant in everything. Yeah, yeah I love the. I love the. Uh, is it the scene with Ginger Lynn? Is it Ginger Lynn? Oh yeah, that's Devil's Rejects. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, is that Devil's Rejects? Yeah. Okay. We'll get there in a minute. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say, what's your favorite line from this film? I don't have a favorite line. I have a favorite line that I've written down from Thirty One. Really? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. But I don't, I don't have a favorite line for this movie. <laughs> mm, there's a line. I mean, I love the um, interaction between Sid Haig and Rain Wilson when they're in the uh, shop. Oh right, right on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and he starts harassing him about driving across country. <laughs> and that. If you drove across country, well, I don't. Yeah, but if you did, but I don't. Why are you asking all these jackassy questions? And then he just gets more and more intense, and then oh man. Sid Haig, yeah. his timing is brilliant. He just plays it so fucking good. Right. You know, the one thing I noticed, and I wrote this down as I was watching, believe it or not, Three from Hell, that that Bill Mosley and Sid Haig and, and Sherry Moon all act really, really well together. And yeah. I found myself realizing that because I actually started to hate the characters. Oh, really? You, you know, you, you kind of get lost in their characters. You go, hey, wait a minute, they're doing a really good job. 
I can't believe it. They're doing a really good job, even in, even in Three From Hell. It's making me hate them. Okay, well, we'll get there. I'm sure if there's feelings on Three From Hell. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah. The other thing, of course, that Rob Zombie does in this, which he doesn't do in his other films, is there's lots of little snippets and inserts that sort of like white zombie music videos pushed in. Yes. Yeah. You've got the Dr. Yeah. Wolfenstein, sorry, Dr. Wolfenstein character at the beginning and all that sort of stuff, which I absolutely love all that. Yeah. It makes the whole film feel like a really fucking weird carnival trip. Y- yes, I know what you're saying. Yeah, I absolutely love it. But um, yeah, it's, for me, it's four Planet of the Apes figures stuffed up the arse out of five. <laughs> <laughs> for me, it's three and a half. Three and a half. Okay, yeah, it's a four for me. So I love that stuff, but um, I'd I'd love to see that missing reel of film. If you could just join the two halves of the film together. But if that movie was three hours long, I don't even know if I could I could uh, get through that. Well, I could, but yeah, you don't have to watch the whole hour. If Rob Zombie's got it and could trim it down a bit, just I just want to see that first half and that second half gel together a bit more. Right, I right. just, I just think the tonal shift is too sudden when they're rednecks and then all of a sudden they've got corpse paint and they're, you know, in this weird ritual and then you've got like zombies at the end. It's just a bit jarring. Yeah, yeah. But apart it from is. that, I absolutely love this. So there you go. So a four from me and a three and a half from you. Right, let's move on to the next one, which will be the Devil's Rejects. Let's play a trailer. like this. Words can't describe it. We here, we are playing on a level that most will never see. You're gonna start the killing. You best start it right here. Okay, Devil's Rejects from 2005, directed by Rob Zombie, starring Sid Haig, Sherry Moon Zombie, Bill Mosley, William Forsyth, Ken Foree, Matthew McCrory, Leslie Easterbrook, Danny Trejo, Jeffrey, Jeffrey? Jeffrey Lewis, Priscilla Barnes, Kate Norby, Lou Temple, and Dallas Page, and Brian Posehn. Fuck me, there's a lot of people in there. There is, and you missed a couple. Although you got Danny Trejo, you, you forgot DDP, you forgot... Uh, PJ Souls. Yes, I did, and I was just reading the list on IMDb here. I didn't click the bit that said full cast. <laughs> Fuck me, man. <laughs> this is one of the, this is one of those films I went. Oh, that's Doctor Dallas Page. Oh, that's look, it. that's PJ Souls. Oh, oh, look, there's Danny. Of course, there's Danny Trails in there. Yeah. Absolutely right. Synopsis Kunduandi B is the murderous backwards Firefly family take to the road to escape a vengeful police force which is not afraid of being as ruthless as their target. Ooh. 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 Right then. Five out of five. Right, let's move on. Two, three from... No, okay. <laughs> Actually, this was... It's funny. So, 
House of Thousand Corpses is climbing up in ratings with me. This one is starting to go down in ratings with me. Right, get off my podcast. <laughs> How dare you? It's Why is that, Myron? It's, it's too long. It needs some editing. Too uh, long. But it's, it's not long it's, enough. It's just too long. And that's my biggest gripe is that it's it's too long. It's it gets too repetitive. Um, but I I love the characters. I mean, I you know I love Ken Free. Yes. I, I I just always enjoy when he's in a zombie flick. <laughs> my favorite role though has got to be Grizzly. Right? Is it Joe Grizzly? Is that what I right? Oh yeah, from Halloween. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love yeah. the name Joe Grizzly. <laughs> Next time I buy a pet, I'm going to call it Joe Grizzly. Yeah, but him and Tyler made, you know, duping it out the men's heroes. Well, yeah. I suppose they were struggling for someone as big as Tyler Maine to put him up against in a toilet cubicle. <laughs> but always, you know, anytime I see Ken Free in uh, a zombie flick, I always, always, always think of Bobby Rhodes. <laughs> I don't know why, I just do. But, again, I... I and the ending. It, really? Really? We got, we got Tiny? Really? Come on. Really, Rob? That was telegraphed at the beginning. I know. It was it was common, but you're just like, really? Well, oh. if you hadn't if you hadn't have seen him at the beginning, I would have thought that, but because you know he's there. I mean I get it. Of course I get it. But um just the way that it ends, it's just like, oh, okay. And it's really only the part with, with timing. The, the other bits about the ending are fine. It's a good ending. It's it's it at the time was an awesome middle finger to Hollywood to say these are my characters. I'm going to do what I want, even if you know you want to try and make them up. You it's, know, it all ties into Rob Zombie's. This is where Rob Zombie contradicts himself because he always says about you're not supposed to side with the villain, and then he makes three characters who you automatically side with <laughs> when they're big <laughs> bastards, right? And then to have them go out in a blaze of glory against the authorities while Freebird plays over, which is, you know, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, it's the best song ever written. But it's the all-American song, isn't it? No, it is not. It no. is, come it on. It is not. No, it is not. What is then? It, what is it? It's the American Pie song by Don McLean. That is the all-American song. You could, that could have worked as well. It actually could have, but no, he, he chose. Well, but, I don't suppose Don McLean plays into his American uh, 70s classic rock vibe, does it? Uh, no. No, no so okay, Freebird. Then you know it's it, it is a all American song. It is, and it is. you know to have them play that as they go out in a blaze of glory. Oh man, that ending still gets me every time. Does it? It does. Uh, Makes my uh, eyes water. I, I I actually kind of wanted to make sure that they were all dead because then we would have got the second movie, the third movie. Well, we'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> but but you know, by and large, really my biggest gripes, and it's really gone like from. Uh, 4.5 to a uh, 4 for me. And okay. It's just it's just too long, and the whole tiny suicide thing is just like, really? I, it just seemed to, you know. Hmm. Wow. Okay. But I, I, I will say this. Hmm. Everybody in this movie certainly got what was coming to them. Every single person. Mm, yeah, I guess so. I guess so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Including that film critic? <laughs> <laughs> I love that scene. Yeah. Um, Okay, right. I saw this in cinema when it came out. This got quite a lot of publicity over here. I don't know what it was like in America, but over here it got a lot of publicity. Okay, okay. And, you know, of course, it was it was just The Devil's Rejects. It wasn't House of a Thousand Corpses 2. So 
I know a lot of people who went and saw it. I mean, I, in fact, the mate I went and saw it with hadn't seen House of a Thousand Corpses. He was like, oh, I didn't know it was a sequel to something. And then when we came out and I said, did you get everything, what that was all about? He went, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, it, it it's a spiritual sequel, I think, with the same characters or characters, yeah. of, characters of the same name. So, um, yeah, I saw this at cinema 2005 and I walked out the cinema and I, I had an epiphany. It was just everything that's in my head has just been put on the screen. Rob Zombie's done it. Oh, nice. It's the aesthetic, the whole 70s thing. Yep, yep. You've got the music, you've got the actors I like, your characters I like. It was, it's all there. And I absolutely fucking loved it. And watching it now, 15 years later, I still absolutely fucking love it. I love this film. I absolutely adore it. And I think if you look on my letterbox page, it's number three on my all-time favourite films after Rocky and Jaws. You put Jaws over this in your all-time favourites? Yeah. Really? I grew up with Jaws. I fucking love Jaws. Okay, well, I know that. I got that, but I'm just surprised. Well, you okay, have... let's put it another way. In, in terms of technical filmmaking, Jaws is better. Oh, God, yes. Of yes. course. Agreed. In I, terms just... of what's closest to my heart, I can't say. It goes between the two. Okay. And I know Rocky's first. Always oh, will be. Oh, always will be. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I absolutely adore this film. The only thing I can say watching it on a rewatch now is I've bought a 4K TV just before Christmas. Yep. And I've got a 4K upscaling player. Okay. And I put the Blu-ray in and you can see the CGI blood effects. Oh, no, you got way too much resolution to watch a, a grimy 70s yeah. film. Yeah. yeah, I gotcha. Okay. I am actually after a VHS copy, if any anyone can help me out there. It, there isn't a British one, but it was released on VHS in America, and I've got a multi-region VHS player, so... I, if I see it, I'll, I'll see. I've seen a couple floating around on eBay. So, Ooh, uh, what, what, what's the price? Ooh, about 20 quid. That's not as bad as I thought. Huh. But, uh, yeah, if anyone can help me out there. Anyway, yeah, it's, yeah, you're right. It's a, the more, it's like Texas Chainsaw. If you can see this on the grimiest version you can, it's all the better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah cause Rob Zombie wanted to do, um, all practical effects and time constraints were against them. So he had to CGI. He said, I think he said, anytime you see like a knife piercing skin, that's CGI. Yeah, and I know, I know that kind of kills him to do that. And yeah, and, and you can see it. And the one in, in the motel room when Baby throws the knife at Priscilla Barnes. Right. And right. So you can see that CGI. Things like yeah. that. Yeah. But obviously that's not the filmmaker's fault. That's just the advancement of technology. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But um, yeah, I love this. That scene with uh, Spalding and Ginger Lynn Allen, which you referenced earlier. I watched, but I watched, and I was watching on my iPad, and I go, huh? Oh, I didn't need to see that. I'm wait till, really wait till you see that. it on a 4K telly. No, no, I really don't. <laughs> I, I, I don't need to see that. I do not need to see that. It's a great scene, though. I love it when she pulls the gun on him and he wakes up. And I'm, I'm sure that woman laying next to him is a lovely lady, but, you know, when you've just been <laughs> fucked by Ginger Lynn Allen and you turn up, here's the look on Sid Hague's face. She <laughs> say, did you have a nightmare? You know, 50-50. <laughs> And he stands up and walks into the bathroom. He's got shit stains at the back of his pants. <laughs> My son was looked at. Was like, ah. I was waiting for him to say that looks just like you, Dad, but he didn't. Oh, but again, it, it's Sid yeah. Hayes' comic, comic timing then. It's just yeah. fantastic. I love that scene. He just, he just cracked me up. Yeah. Yeah, it was good. It was good. <laughs> he says to him, and she keeps up. 
if you notice, she keeps calling him Poopy. You know, Poopy. And he just drops like, stop calling me Poopy. And I've been saying that to the missus. Stop calling me Poopy. She hasn't called you Poopy. I said, I'm just saying it. I know. The whole scene with him is so funny. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. And that leads into the scene, the motel scene with Otis and Baby when they take Jeffrey Lewis and Brian Persane and all that lot prisoner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've got to say, I mean, that, for what is, I don't say it's a mainstream film, but for a fairly popular film in 2005, that was quite an intense scene. You, did yeah, a, yeah. you didn't see that in a lot of horror films, in mainstream horror films. No, you really don't. And you still don't. To be yeah, and you still don't. I was going to say, watching it now, that's still, Bill Mosley plays that fucking perfect. Yeah. You know, yeah, he's he put, he's doing his best Charles Manson impression then. But, um, you know, it's the look on his face. And I think uh, this plays into what I'm going to say about Free From Hell later on. There's a look in Bill Mosley's eyes that he's just, you know, he doesn't like what he's going to have to do as an actor. So he's, I think in front of you, he basically becomes Otis on the screen. You know what? And and that's something, again, I I made that comment and I'll absolutely agree with you is that, you know, they do such a good job acting those characters. You forget that Mm. they're actors and think the characters are real. Have you listened to the commentary? Um, no, no. We, I've had a challenge trying to get a, a Blu-ray player. We had a shortage, and yeah, no. yeah, it doesn't. You know how it is. Oh, if you can find a copy with a commentary on, I, I got one. I'm oh. looking at. It. I, I got a. I got a two-pack Blu-ray. Devil's Rejects, Half of the Sounds of Corpses. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I just want to. That was one thing I wanted to do was watch the commentary. I just kind of ran out of time. That's one thing I didn't mention with House of Thousand Corpses. There's never been a Blu-ray release in the UK. Really? I got yeah. a two-pack right in front of me. Yeah, it's American. doesn't play over here. Hello, Mr. Blu-ray. I've got a German Blu-ray. I've got a, I've got a Rob Zombie... <laughs> Get this. This is my collection of House of Land Corpses. I've got the standard UK DVD, okay. which the original 2003, which comes with a Rob Zombie interview. That's long out of print. I've got the re-release DVD from Fabulous Films last year. Which uh, I don't know what it seems. Don't know whether they've remastered it or something. But it seems a lot more colourful than the original release. It's a really good DVD print, but it's got the uh, menu what menu screen on it with uh, Sid Haig when he comes out from behind the counter of the shop and talks to okay. you, which is brilliant. I love that. Gotcha. And uh, I've got the German Rob Zombie set, which has got House of Thousand Corpses, Devil's Rejects, Halloween Two, and Haunted World of El Super Beasto, all on Blu-ray. Okay, but the House of Thousand Corpses, the cut version. Oh, gotcha. It's the cut version. And I have an Australian uncut Blu-ray of House of a Thousand Corpses, <laughs> which is my go-to version. <laughs> Devil's Rejects, I have the aforementioned Blu-ray in the German set. I have the standard UK director's cut Blu-ray. Uh, I have the standard UK theatrical cut DVD. And I have the standard UK director's cut DVD. <laughs> Gotcha. I buy every yeah. fucking format. If Rob Zombie would sell me a 35mm print, I'd fucking have that as well. <laughs> Which is why I want a VHS of Devil's Rejects, because it's the one I haven't got. Ah, gotcha. You're as, you're as bad about that as I am about buying Stephen King stuff. Yes. There's a there's a, there's a audio book that I can afford that I don't have on CD, but I have it on you know digital. But yeah. I still take the CD because I don't have it on CD. Yeah, yeah you got to own the CD. got to have a hard copy. Got to have all the multimedia representations. Exactly, exactly. Of course, yep, yep. It's very important. You know, that's why I've got about eight different versions of Night of the Living Dead. <laughs> do I need them? Yes, I do. 
Right, right. I can't get rid of any because one's got a different special feature to the other, and one's got an extra five minutes in it, and one's got a different audio mix on it, and I have to have them all. Yeah, exactly. I must possess them all. <laughs> Where were we? Devil's Reject. Yeah, the motel scene. I think, to me, that's Bill Moseley's shining moment, along with the bit where he beats Lou Temple and Jeffrey Lewis to death and gives the old Manson line of, I'm the devil and I'm here to do the devil's work. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's peak Bill Moseley to me. I absolutely love that scene. He plays the hell out of it and he never comes across as cheesy. Yep. And, and he also throws some good humour in there as well. He does. He does, for sure. He's marching them along and says, what do you guys like you recommend for relieving stress? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. I also think Sherry Moon Zombie's better in this one than she was in House. She's not quite as screechy. Yes. I, yes. yes. But I don't think she's as good as she is in Three from Hell. But we'll get there in a minute. Oh, boy. Oh. But, uh, William Forsyth plays Sheriff Wydell, the brother of the sheriff in the original film, and he's absolutely wonderful. Yep. T- top-notch, for sure. Top-notch. Really, really good. I... Leslie Easterbrook plays Mother Firefly, replacing Karen Black. I actually prefer Leslie Easterbrook in the role. Get that, yep. Yeah, uh, sure. Especially when I think back to her in Police Academy when she jumps into that swimming pool with the white T-shirt on. <laughs> <laughs> that bit where she's in the jail cell with William Forsyth and she's going, oh, you want to fuck me, don't you? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Am I talking to Chris or Baz? I can't remember. <laughs> Uh, 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 Baz strikes me, he'd go for the Karen Black mother firefly. He'd be asking for both. Probably, yeah. <laughs> and that's met with all the love of the world, Mr. Baz. Oh, we love Baz and all of his degenerate ways. <laughs> yes. Absolutely, and of course we've got the legend that is Danny Trejo in this film. Brilliant. It was great when we were watching that and he, he pops up in that by that roadside death scene and my son just went, oh, it's Danny Trejo. Yeah, he said, well, I didn't know he was in this. Oh, familiar face. He's almost a friend of the show. I um, I, I, I wasn't all that impressed with Robert Dallas Page in this film. Well, I don't really know that much about him, to be honest. I know he's a, he was a wrestler and all that sort of stuff, but... Um, yeah, he's a wrestler now. He's a, he's a professional yoga instructor, a motivational speaker. Of course he is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, dude. Well, he looked, he looked like he was motivating Otis a couple of times when he threw him through that hotel window. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, I, I get the casting of him to go with Danny Trejo, and I think they, I'd, I wouldn't mind seeing a, a film of them two as bounty hunters going out and doing something. But uh, yeah, Trejo's definitely the one who uh, delivers his lines better. I, I will say this when we talk about the Living Force side, my favorite part is when he staples the wanted posters with the photos to the. Oh, yeah. To the chop top of Cherry yeah, uh, my favourite line of his, and I've used this in real life, is when that uh, film uh, critic comes in, and starts talking about uh, the uh, Marx Brothers. He says, "I'm I'm a self-proclaimed Marx Brothers expert," and Forsyth just says, "I'm sure your knowledge of bullshit is limitless," <laughs> which I love. Brilliant. I line. forgot. I forgot about the Marx Brothers expert. He made the list. Though. He made the list, and I'm trying to figure out where Groucho. It's a nonsensical scene, but yeah. <laughs> oh, that's Rob Zombie having a go at film critics. That's all. Yes, yeah, I know. But um, it's also great. Well, I didn't mention I didn't mention him in the uh, uh, the cast list, but Michael Berryman pops up. Yes, yes, he does. That yes. when him and uh, Ken Faree in that chicken fucking scene. <laughs> <laughs> the guy looks at him and says, "Well, are you suggesting I fuck chickens?" He looks at Michael Berryman and goes, "No, but he looks like." <laughs> 
Yeah, I never fucked a chicken. <laughs> and the thing about it is, Ken Free and Michael Berryman are no small people. No. And, and, and oh, the, I wouldn't want to have a go at them. And the, and the, little, the little guys, you know, the little chicken sales guy. Yeah, it's the way he looks at him. <laughs> Do you think I'd fuck a chicken? No, but he must. <laughs> But again, that's Rob Zombie. His writing there, I think, I think it's helped by the delivery of the actors. Yes. Yeah. I think there are times when if that had been delivered by certain other actors who appear in his films, it may not have come out as funny. But Ken Furry and Michael Berryman just sell that absolutely brilliantly. They Again, they could be a double act then too. <laughs> yeah, that chicken fucking thing was just... Yeah, I fucking love Devil's Rejects. There is, say, there's no fault for me apart from the the CGI visuals, but that's just the way it is. So, yeah, it's absolutely five headless chicken fucks from me. <laughs> and I'm at four. Four. Oh, well, as long as you're... F- oh, yeah, I could take four. If you were going to go less than four, I'd have to come across there and beat you. <laughs> oh, but that chicken seat. God, I forgot about that one. That was good. <laughs> <laughs> What's it, Ken Free says? He says, are you saying I cut off a chicken's head, stick my dick in it, and go, ah! <laughs> <laughs> that all scene is just so... It's, it's so bad, it's good. Oh, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, you know... <laughs> yeah, on the page, it would have looked, hey, what the fuck's this? But you need actors of that calibre to deliver it. You know what, yeah. exactly what they're doing. And who, the guy who played the chicken salesman. Oh, um, yeah, he's funny. He, yeah. he, he actually did, did very well. I mean, you know... <laughs> <laughs> He's picking his nose when they arrive, isn't he? No. Oh. Oh, fantastic. Sometimes you wonder how much is how much is ad libbed. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Y- you know. Oh, I, I imagine Rob Zombie's the sort of director where he's got his dialogue written out, but I reckon if you got it's Sid, a, it's it's a suggestion. Yeah, if you had Sid Haig there, who said, "Actually, why don't we try this?" You know, it's it'd go along with it, wouldn't it, if it works? Oh, of course. Yeah. Who, who would was sitting there? He's been, he's, you know, long time ever, so, yeah. I'm pretty sure some of Bill Mosley's lines in that must have been ad-libbed as well. Oh, God, yes. Yeah. Anyway, should we move on to the next one? The yes. one you're looking forward to the most? Yes. <laughs> Let's play a trailer. A search for the fugitives known as the Devil's Rejects resulted in a violent clash with police. Chances for survival are less than a million to one. There's no justice in this world. I am justice. They're trying to blame us, but we just do it. Free the three. Free the three. Free the three. Free the three. <laughs> now we can have a real day of the dead. May last word. I'm just a clown dancing for the friends of mankind. Did I just call This is my death factory. You are the product. I love it. Did you miss me? Ah! 
Three from Hell from 2019, directed by Rob Zombie, starring Sherry Moon Zombie, Bill Mosley, Sid Haig, Richard Brake, Jeff Daniel Phillips, Kevin Jackson, Danny Trejo, Dee Wallace, Matthew Willig, and Tracy Lee. The synopsis, according to IMDb, is... After barely surviving prison, the demented Firefly clan go on the run, unleashing a whole new wave of murder, madness, and mayhem. Which is sort of pretty accurate. Yeah, it is. It, it, it is. Okay, let's get this out of the way. <laughs> you don't like this film, do you? No, not at all. Okay, why not? Okay, so this is a little bit like Halloween 4, where... We it's fuck all like Halloween 4. Yeah. <laughs> we, 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 take, we take the ending of the, the previous movie... And we just simply forget about it. We just kind of, oh, we got people that were shot into oblivion. They were always sort of shot into oblivion because we've resurrected them. But I did enjoy the beginning of the movie. That was really good. I, I love the, the rip-off Charles Manson. That was excellent. I love all the parts with Sid Haig. What, what did he say? I'm your bozo. Jesus hung out to dry. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was really good. Uh, but I really enjoyed that part. I thought how they handled the fact that Sid had passed away mm-hmm. or was ill and couldn't kill it, whatever the case may be. I thought how they handled that was really good. Where you know, just he was the one, the first one that met the death penalty. Yeah. And then it just all goes to shit. Okay. So you didn't like the taking the family prisoner and no, no making them no. strip off and chase them and stab them because you liked it last time. <laughs> no. Last time it was it was um, it was a bit different. It, it seemed to be more part of the plot. Just just seemed to be flat out stupid gratuitous at that point. But if they hadn't done what they'd done, you would have went, huh? Rob, you get soft? What? But yeah, I didn't necessarily didn't necessarily care for that part. Okay. But I, I did enjoy the guy who played the warden, Jeff Daniel Phillips. Jeff, yeah, yeah, because he played he played the main role in Lords of Salem. That's right. He's in Halloween too, as well. Yeah, well, with uh, Ken Free in Lords of Salem, which incidentally is is still my favorite zombie film. Okay, we'll get there in a minute. Yep, yep. But it, it and then you know the, the whole okay. So so we introduce a new redneck cousin, and he springs brother brother springs Bill from Otis from from the chain gang. It's some weird, bizarre thing. And then of course they go on the run and. And then, of course, they take the, the people hostage, and, and, and somehow, just somehow, and I, we watch a lot of horror, I could suspend belief, but they, they, they break out a prisoner dressed up as a guard. I, I guess that's possible. Um, just, yeah, yeah. I will say this. Uh, I love it when Sherry Bootsabin comes in and says, um, development guys, I think an old lady saw me stick gut. What did she say, gut? Oh, uh, yeah. The, so not. the woman, yeah, got the woman. I think we better go now. That was fun. <laughs> that was good. I, I will say, I think Sherbo did a fantastic job acting in this. I think out of all the three, her acting is the best in this one, even though yes. I didn't like it. Yes, I agree with that. I love that scene where she's chasing that woman outside and she's just yes. walking after her with her hands up in the air. I think yes. That's great. It, it, that is, I think that's quintessential baby. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, it had some good high points. It just, it, I, I just, I don't know. And I, I've seen it more than once. I've watched it twice now. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it just, I don't know, it just doesn't click. Maybe it'll start to click, but it just doesn't click. Okay, right. When I first heard the announcement they were doing this, <laughs> I was fucking excited. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I saw the trailer, 
and the trailer gave me fucking every reason to be excited. To bring the characters back, Sid Haig's in it. They're going to bring a new character into it as well. Blah, blah, blah. This is fantastic. And I watched it. And I actually reviewed it for Frightfest for the website. Much like you, I've got gripes with it. And out of the three films, this is the one I've got the most gripes with. I, th- I think it's pointless. I do think Devil's Reject ended perfectly. And there's no need to bring them back. But I guess Rob Zombie needs a hit. So he's brought them back. I like the beginning with the documentary style, doing the whole Manson thing. Yep, yep. I, really I thought that was that. done really well. It was great to see Sid Haig there. Obviously, you see him in the trailer. He looks ill. Bless him. Yes. Yeah, he, he does. But it was great that he put in a performance. If you actually... Did you re- see the making of this film? No, I did not. Oh, there's a making of on the uh, on the Blu-ray over is here. There? Just a half-hour making of, which Rob Zombie... I think this is the film Rob Zombie's had the most problems with, because everything he wanted to do, he couldn't really do, because there was always something that got in the way so yeah originally it was going to be bill mosley sherry moon zombie and sid haig in the whole film and then uh, once they started filming they realized that sid haig was ill so they brought in richard brake and had to write in his character and i will say this is he the guy that did freddy no but but that, that brings me on to my next point go on i really enjoyed richard brake's performance i the acting of this is, is superb yes so, there is no no denying that I actually saw somebody ask, it was on Twitter the other day, actually, uh, it was one of those um, call-outs to actors somebody put on there and said, actors, tell me your best films that I should be watching during the lockdown. And I saw Bill Mosley replied and put Three From Hell. And he does really? think, he thinks this is his best film. Whether it's he thinks it's the best film or whether it's just his best performance, I don't know. Well, I gotta say, I can't absolutely, I can absolutely see that. Mm-hmm. I absolutely can understand why you would say that. Um, okay. This is, this probably this probably is one of his best zombie films for sure. Yeah, oh, he's great. He's just, I I prefer him in Devil's Rejects. I think there's a little bit more intensity there, and uh, the humour is not quite as upfront here as it is in Three from Hell. And I think that comes home to me in the scene with the clown when the clown comes in and pisses himself, and Otis starts laughing. And to me, I I I don't know. I don't know if the Otis in Devil's Rejects would laugh quite as heartily as he does here. Do you know what I mean? Oh, I think he would. Whether it, whether it's the character having been ten years in prison has slightly softened the edges or not, I don't know. Maybe, maybe. Maybe I'm looking too much into it, but um, Chris, can you can you can you help me out with the point? How did how did the clown? What was the purpose of the clown? Did I miss it? Um, there isn't a purpose of the clown. I think it's just. Uh, <laughs> So, like, Bill, so Bill Mosley can say, I fucking hate clowns, and you haven't got Sid Haig returning in the film. Okay. All I right. think it's I, probably something to do with that. Because I don't even, I mean, was it the wrong house he knocked on? Or was he a stripper clown? What? I can't remember now. I only watched it last week. No, there is no real point to it. Okay. All right. That's what I thought. No, yeah, I think it's just making a comment on clowns. Now Sid Haig's okay. not here. There's no clowns. I think it's that, that time. Um, yeah, back to Richard Brake. Um, I really like. Richard Brake in this. He was great in 31. He's the highlight of that film. Oh, that's where I know him from. He plays Doomhead. Doomhead, yeah. Oh, and he's, okay, he's yeah. in Halloween 2 as well. Yeah, he's fantastic in this film. And there are two moments in this film which I think set him up to be the next Freddy Krueger. One of them's in the trailer. It's when um, Otis is beating that guy to death with a gun at the end and the camera pans up and you just see Richard Brake smiling. Yeah. He's got that real wide, toothy grin, isn't he? There's that, but there's the bit when um, 
they've got the family captive and he keeps calling everybody bitch, doesn't he? And the woman says to him, don't call me bitch. And he gets right in her face and says something like, what are you going to do about it? Bitch. And the way he spits out bitch, I just said, I said to my son, that's Freddy Krueger right there. I never thought about that, but that, yeah, yeah. I, I absolutely could see where you're saying that. Yeah. Watch that scene again and just imagine him with a scarred face and a hat on saying bitch. And that's Freddy Krueger there. That's what we need. Interesting. Interesting. If the uh, New Line movie execs are listening to this, and I'm sure they are. Every every time we put a podcast out, the executives... <laughs> every time the, Hollywood stops notebook, and right? listens to what we have to say. <laughs> what the hell? You heard it here. Richard Brake should be Freddy Krueger. I will start a campaign. I want it to happen. Now, who was, again, who was the one that played him in the remake again? What was Jackie Earl Haley. Yeah, that's it. He was fine. He just had a shit film to work with. But yeah, I don't know. There's a menace to Richard Brake that he can bring to this film and to 31 as well. He's got that certain thing that Robert England had in those early Elm Street films. Right, right. He's just got it. And you think, yeah, this looks... He's, there's no way this guy is a nice guy in any way, shape or form. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes, yes. But yeah, Free From Hell, it's a strange one. I do like this film. But it does lose me a bit in the third act when they go to Mexico. And it just, it feels a little Rob Zombie didn't know how to end it. I kind of wish he would have ended it there. Yeah. My thinking is, <laughs> I'm going to sound like a real fan, fanboy here. What I would like to have seen, if you were going to do a sequel, is do what they did at the beginning with the documentary stuff. And then make the large portion of the film a courtroom drama. Have Spalding, Otis and Baby on trial. Bring in, you know, pictures, images from their past crimes. Bring in, you know, make it a slightly prequelish type thing. Show what they've done. And then the final act would be Richard Brake's character breaking them out. That would have been a movie. That's a movie right there. That's, that's a movie. So, Rob, I know you're listening. I know you're taking notes. Yes. <laughs> when I'm, on, I'm in conference with Rob Zombie later on, this is what I should tell him. <laughs> and he'll tell me to go fuck myself. Yes. <laughs> so I looked up... Uh, I don't know why, but I looked up Jackie Earl Haley just to remind myself, you know, photo who he was for that, talking about the Kruger remake. Yeah. He, he played, he played the tough kid in, um, the original Bad News Bears. And he did, yes. <laughs> That's awesome. Yes. <laughs> Back when you could let kids smoke on, you know. Well, you'd let anybody smoke on, yeah. <laughs> I know, right? That's it. <laughs> How far he has come. Oh God, he's got a lot of movie stuff, but yeah, Richard Brake would make it awesome. He would, he he would make a much, but it would take Freddy Krueger in a whole different direction. Make him nasty again. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah. So it's not a Nightmare on Elm Street podcast. We've done that. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So yeah, Free from Hell. I think solid opening act with all the uh, documentary stuff. I like the scene where they take the hostage. I know they've done it before, and it was done better in Devil's Rejects. But again, the actors you've got working here, you know, Jeff Daniel Phillips playing that warden. You've got Dee Wallace in there playing the uh, prison guard, completely unrecognisable. And you've got all these other things going on. But that last act when they go to Mexico and they f they're facing off against the guy who's Danny Trejo's character's son. And you just think, really, that's the best you could do for an ending? Oh, yeah, I know. You know, the CGI blood squibs are a little bit... Meh. You know, it does. That last scene does feel a bit cheap. You've got Otis doing a machete fight with one of the goons, which again, it just doesn't feel like what. Oh, he doesn't look like a 
master of the machete, if you know what I mean. Right, right, right. I just think it was Rob Zombie scrabbling for ideas just to end the film. But it does leave it open for another possible sequel. I know. Which I'm quite happy to do because I like these characters, but you need to have a story in there, Rob. (laughs) Yes. Let's get them arrested. Let's go with the courtroom drama thing. Let's make it work. That would have been a much, much better movie. Oh, it would would have been. It would have been. It would have been. And I know I only gave it a two and a half out of five, um, but I would have paid to see the courtroom drama part. Okay. Two and a half. Two and a half CGI bow and arrow strings out of five. Um, I struggled with this. My original review, which I wrote for Fright Fest, which is still up, I gave it four stars. Because okay. I like a lot of it. Yep. Most of it's pointless, but I like the performances. Oh, there's some good dialogue in there. I like the violence. It took me back to Devil's Rejects. I think if this had been made a few years, ten years ago, it may have, you know, I feel like the ship might have sailed a little bit. But I, I enjoy it. I have fun with it. And I've watched it two or three times since then. The second time I watched it, I liked it a little less, and I sort of went to a three and a half. Okay, and I, okay. And I've watched it twice more, once with a commentary and something else. I watched it again with my son the other day, and I've distanced it from Devil's Rejects, and I take it on its own terms now, and I enjoyed it again, so I'm giving it four. Oh, nice. nice. But I still, think it's, I still think it's problematic and pointless, but I did enjoy watching it. So, and Richard Brake and Bill Mosley and Sherry Moon, they make, they make the film. So who is your favourite secondary character of this um, well, apart from Captain Spaulding. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. In this one, you see, my mind automatically says Otis, because I love Otis, I love Bill Mosley, but I prefer him in Devil's Rejects, so I'm going to say I like Richard Brake. Okay, I like my spirit, like, secondary character, lower tier character was the, uh, the guy that did, um, Lords of, uh, Salem. Jeff, Jeff Daniel Phillips. Yeah, yeah, that's it. I liked him with the warden. I thought he played a great sleazy-ass warden. In fact, with that in mind, that's probably my favourite performance I've seen him do, actually. With that, you know, there was enough shag carpet and, you know, wide collars, and he played that to the hill. Oh, yeah, I love some of his 70s yeah. house as well. I loved it. Oh, not I 80s, know. isn't it? It's the 80s, yeah. <laughs> but it was good. And I love the fact good, Richard, yeah. Richard Brake was wearing a uh, Judas Priest British Steel T-shirt in the final act. <laughs> yes. <laughs> good lad. <laughs> so, yeah, it's a four from me. I do like Three from Hell, but it's a four with caveats. <laughs> I gotcha, I gotcha. So, yeah, that's the trilogy. That's the Firefly trilogy. Yeah, it is, it is. Oh, I fucking love them. I, my opinion has gone up of House of a Thousand Corpses. Mm-hmm. Devil's Rejects has kind of slipped a little bit. Um, and Three from Hell is just kind of there. I think if you watch, if you manage to see the making of, and then watch it again, sort of distance from Devil's Rejects, I think it's more enjoyable. Yeah, I went and looked on Shutter. They don't have the uh, making of. Oh. It's on the disc. I'm sure it'll appear online somewhere at some point. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so let's just delve into a little bit of Rob Zombie chat then. So, as a director, do you rate Rob Zombie? Um, I, I kind of have a love hate relationship with him. Mm-hmm. I think some of his stuff's really good. Some of it's really bad, and but overall, I rate him. If he has a new movie coming out, I will see it. Yeah, you know, okay. I, I will. I will actively want to watch it, even even the mess that was thirty one. <laughs> thirty one was it, it was just kind of a you got so sucked in for the first ten minutes. And you're like, yeah, it's going to be really, really, really good. 
really good, really good. And then you're like, oh shit, well, this didn't go as expected. <laughs> I've just I've just been looking at um, Three from Hell on IMDb, and you know at the bottom they do like plot keywords. Yeah, it says uh, it said uh, maniac cruelty, bare breasts. Well, that, that's basically what I watch them for, really. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I love. Rob Zombie is a filmmaker. I'm, I know he divides a lot of people. I understand why. I'm absolutely open to his flaws. I think I'd like to see him make a film that he didn't write. I'd like to see him have a go, have a go at somebody else's material. That would be interesting. That, that would be interesting. See what he could do. I don't know if he will. He, did, he strikes me as the type of guy who he's got his own thing and that's it. Yeah, yeah. It would be interesting to see him do something else. I did like I did like how he did some parts of the original Halloween. I loved Lords of Salem. Yes. I wasn't as sold on Halloween two, that was just kind of a you know See over time over time that's become my favourite. Really? Over Halloween. Yeah. Oh, there's just so many things. If you watch the director's cut, it is so much better. Is it okay, I don't remember which one I have. I got the, the set, so I don't know which one came with the set. But I mean the only I really like how he does some stuff. He, he's got a good eye for lots and lots and lots of stuff. Yeah, he knows his shit. He does know his shit. He does. He, Lords of Salem kind of went, I, I like to use an expression, he went a little Michael Bay on some parts. Some parts of it are just a little, huh? Oh, I'd, have, I'd have said he went more Dario Argento. Maybe, maybe that's it. I don't know why. <laughs> but, you know, it's kind of like, um, you know, I love the movie Housewife. You mentioned on Twitter that you were watching that. I love the movie Housewife. I watched that the other night. Yeah, but some parts of it go a little like you just left going, Cam, really, really, Cam. Actually, that that would they'd be a, a good companion piece to Lords of Salem. It would. It, yeah. it made me think of Housewife for sure. And I'd like to see how much of a companion piece Color of Space is. I mean, yes. That's kind of that's kind of a cosmic H.P. Lovecraft one with uh, God help me, Nicholas Cage, but. I've heard good things. Yeah, yeah, I've heard good things. Yeah, I haven't seen that yeah, yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, the two I'm trying to actively try to seek out are are the Color of Space and the Jill Bagos VFW. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm waiting for the price to come down on that, and then I'll probably pick it up. Yeah, yeah. They're they're about tw- twelve twelve bucks here for the Blu-ray. Okay, so yeah, we covered Halloween and Halloween Two a while ago. Uh, we both like Lords of Salem. That's another film that I like a bit more every time I see it. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's what would happen if Rosemary ba- Rosemary's Baby went bonkers. Yeah. In a lot oh, yeah. of ways. It's, it's a grindhouse Rosemary's Baby, basically. Yeah, yeah. But those, uh, th- those, um, I can't remember the actor's name that played the, the, like the museum guy. And he gets oh, whacked over, he yeah, gets whacked just... over the head with a pan, you know. <laughs> Bruce, um, the, 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 yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Bruce, no, no, Davis. Bruce Davison. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But that's good. And I love, I love the fact that, you know, of course she's, you know, descended from, you know, somebody important, and, you know. Have you ever read the book? Which, which book? Lords of Salem. There's a book? There's a novel. Rob Zombie wrote the novel. I've got it. Hardback copy. Huh? Didn't you know that? Really? Yeah. How? Go on Amazon. It's pretty cheap. Well, it was. Seriously? Hang on. I'll send you a link. Yeah. I've got a hardback copy of it. It's a really good book. There's more in the book than there is in the film. So does it eye pieces together? Is it decent? I mean, I'll be honest, it's probably about three years since I've read it, but... Um, uh, I mean, is it a complete crapola, or...? No, it's great. Okay. Hang on, I'm going to 
send you through a link. I haven't done this for a long time. How do you send links on Skype? There we go. There you go. That's UK Amazon, but um, you'll be able to find it in America, I'm sure. Oh, Myron's thumping again. We can hear you. <laughs> I, was, I was kind of embarrassed by that. <laughs> the New York Times bestseller, it says on the cover of the book. And if that's not a mark of quality, I don't know what is. It doesn't say that. It does. <laughs> it doesn't. It does. It does on the one on my screen. Underneath it, it says Rob Zombie, the New York Times bestseller, The Lords of Salem. Oh, God. Really? <laughs> yeah. Have you not got the link? I got it, I got it. Hang on a second. <laughs> oh. Honestly, it's worth a go. It's really good. Okay, all right, all right. I Stop laughing. <laughs> okay. Have you seen... Have you seen... <laughs> have you seen The Haunted World of El Super Bisto? No, I have not. That is the only zombie flick I have not seen. Okay, I don't think you'll like it. I'm putting it this way. It's a cartoon. It's animated. It's got... All the characters from Devil's Rejects and Halloween and all of his other films in, and I don't like it. Okay. It seems custom made for me, and it's if it was like ten minutes long, I might like it. But it's feature length, and it's the same joke over and over and over. Is it really? Yeah. It's I, I can see why it works in a in a graphic novel form, which is what it's based on. And he's done this animation of it, and uh, yeah, it it's I've watched it what about three times now, and I I just can't really get above the the novelty factor of it. So after 10 minutes, you go, right, I've seen all I need to see now. Ah, uh, gotcha. But there's there's a couple of good visual gags in there. There's a Michael Myers character in there who walks around, you know, with a knife up, held out front and all sorts of stuff like that. So he pays homage to his other films, but and Sid Haig voices, Captain Spaulding and all that sort of stuff. But, yeah, not great. Uh, I'll be a son of a bitch to be <laughs> times bestseller. See? Bloody <laughs> laughing at me. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> Do you know how much the hard the hardcover <laughs> on Amazon UK is thirty two pounds? I've got one of them. Oh, it's ninety nine p on Kindle. I'm going to buy myself a Kindle copy. There you go. I'm doing it live on air. It's ninety nine p. I'm having that. Oh God, I can't even. I I didn't know this existed. No, honestly, it's it's a good one. I took the hardback on holiday with me and read it. And I don't read very often, but it's uh oh, I enjoyed it. There's a lot more. There's a lot. There's a lot. You know the bits in the film where they flash back to like the Middle Ages or whenever it was. Oh there's yeah. A, there's more of that in there, and it actually gives you the details of what the witches did and all that sort of stuff. Really? Yes. It it fills out the story. The bits in the film where you go, "Hey, what do you do that for?" It's in the book. Okay, that makes sense. I'll, um. You're buying it now, aren't you? No. no, no. You are. Just, Don't lie to me. You are. <laughs> I'm looking at it. Now, here, here, uh, it does not, in fact, say, you know, Times bestselling author. It does not uh, say. Then. It does have the one here. Now, the card cover here is only seven bucks. Yeah. Actually, I can get it for $2.23, hard cover. There you go, you see. The best $2.23 you will ever spend. Well, plus three bucks. $4 it's still worth it, trust me. Rob Zombie will deliver it to your house personally for that. Help raise the money for his... Oh, I can see you on camera. What? I can see. I haven't, really? a... I haven't got a camera, so you can't see me, but I can see you. What did I do? You're leading in. You just said, what did I do? You had your hand to your face a second ago. You're looking quizzical. 
<laughs> You're laughing. Seriously. I can see you. Honestly, how did that happen? Oh, there I am. Oh, that's what you look like. Fucking <laughs> hell. Oh, I'm terminating this call. Oh, dear. Oh. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> There, oh. there you go. Uh, what else do we need to mention? 31, yeah. Disappointed with 31. Oh, man. Yeah. Disappointed, but I do like the opening scene in the bus when they're all yes. driving along, and I yep. do like Richard Brake in this film. He's magnificent. He's very good. Very good, for sure. But Rob Zombie needs to, again, release the full uncut version, which he still won't, even though it was crowdfunded. <laughs> the naughty little oh. bastard. <laughs> Oh, Rob. Yes. Okay, no. So, yeah, so Rob Zombie, there we've done that. I have a little bit of feedback. Would you like to hear it? Yes, I would. You would. Have a guess who it's from. Blue. Yeah, our one listener. Yep, yep, that's all right. That's all right. Anyway, this is from Blue, and this says, Hi, guys, Blue here with some feedback on the Rob Zombie's Firefly trilogy. I'm rushing this an hour before the feedback deadline because I have nothing to do while shielding from the pandemic and I'm also a terrible listener. Yes, because I did tell you two bloody weeks ago. Anyway, right. So House of a Thousand Corpses. The opening scene with Sid Haig is just poetry. His delivery of every single line is just perfection. His experience in front of the camera shines through his performance. He's deliciously sinister and I love him. And that's what Blue said, not me, even though I agree. The murder ride is ace. I would love to ride on that. I love ghost trains at fun fairs as a kid and freak my sister out completely by laughing maniacally all the way around on the very first one I ever went on. In fact, it was also my last time as she refused to take me on it on subsequent visits. I think she was more scared at my enjoyment of the bloody thing rather than she was of the ride itself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I quite like the kids that are going to be bumped off and the way they were taken hostage without their knowledge was well done. Yeah, we didn't really mention the kids in that film. They're... Uh, Pretty well done, Rain Wilson, and I can't remember the other guy's name. The one who shouts, uh, Satan! You know, it's, it, it took me a quadruple take. That's Chris Hardwick. Hardwick, that's it. Yeah. He's best known for his stupid talk show, his really dumb talk show. Um, oh, is he? About, about the Walk of the Dead. About Walking Dead. It's called oh, Walk right. of the Dead or something. Yeah, it's really, it's, it's really Okay. Fun. Okay. I, I apologize to anybody who likes it. I just don't care for it. Okay. Blue also says, but you know what, guys? I like the Firefly family more, except for Baby, whose laughter just grates on my nerves and pisses me off. Otis is fantastic, and I would have loved to have seen more of Rufus, if you know what I mean. Wink, wink. Yeah, I know what you mean, you dirty. Yeah, we yep, didn't mention yes. Rufus. He's a secondary uh, steady, character. Steady. Yeah, he's another brother. He's not really in the film that much. And, uh, yeah, he's written out of the... De- he's in The Devil's Rejects, played by a different actor for about 30 seconds, and then gets bumped off. So, anyway... Yeah, the acting is great, the sets are fantastic, and the love I have for this movie grows every time I watch it. The Halloween show the family put on for the kids used to piss me off, but I've grown to love it too. It is, after all, a family of nut jobs having a bit of fun, pretty much like one of my family gatherings. Yeah. As the film ramps up into murder and torture, I find myself shouting, Go on, stab the buggers! I really don't think I should be siding with the psychopaths like that, though. Yeah, well, that's sort of what Rob Zombie's intending, I think, even though he says he's not. Yeah, no, I think that's what he's intending to do. Yeah. The movie is nigh on brilliant. It's sinister, funny, debauched and downright disgustingly gory with a bucket full of sleaze thrown in. I've grown to love it and give it four and a half hacked off body parts out of five with a dismembered finger thrown in for good measure. Four and a half. There you go. There you go. Right. Devil's Rejects. I don't usually give my opinion at the start of a review, but I love this film. I sat down with my pad and pen to make a few notes for this review. That's more than I do. With every intention of watching it with a critical eye. 
I hate to say that I failed miserably. I get immersed in this film completely. It's beautifully shot, superbly acted, and the soundtrack is amazing. Yes. I love the 70s vibe. Otis's look... <coughs> Go on. It's happy for him. The greatest rock and roll song ever written. How dare you? <laughs> I love the 70s vibe. Otis's look is much more gnarly, which I love, and Baby comes into her own with a better balance of shrill laughter and downright psychopathy, which really comes out during the motel scene. The bit where Otis makes a woman strip is harrowing and never loses its punch on subsequent viewings. Devil's Rejects has a very distinct brutality from corpses, which relied more on gore to disgust the viewer, except for the truck hitting that girl. Fucking hell, that still makes me squirm, even though I know it's coming. Yeah, that's a good bit, that is. So my pen is discarded at this point, as I don't want to look away from my TV. But one thing that sticks in my mind, Captain Spaulding, taking the car from that woman and her son, and the chicken fucking scene makes me cry with laughter. Sid's performance is just superb. Oh, yeah, we forgot the old uh, PJ Soul scene where he had butter. Oh, right. Yeah, that, that kid in that is annoying. You can see he's trying not to laugh. But, yeah, when <laughs> Sid Hague's, aren't we fucking funny? Absolutely <laughs> brilliant. So I rate this movie five tootie fucking fruity ice creams out of five with a flake and sprinkles. <laughs> Absolutely. Three from hell. I really like the ending I'm, you used. I'm still, I'm, I'm still laughing about the chicken tea. <laughs> <laughs> With Ken Free and... Uh, Are you off to find your local roadside chicken seller? I'm sure there's places over here you can go where they do that. <laughs> Blue lives up north, you probably know some. Yeah, yeah. Right, three from hell. Uh, I really like the opening news report about the three convicts. It gave me the backstory we needed to understand how they all survived in a very short space of time. I'm glad that Mr. Zombie didn't drag it out too much. Next, we see Captain Spaulding looking old and frail that I thought it might have been better to have written him out. But then he delivers his lines with such strength, I know my split-second thought was completely wrong. But why was his character called Johnny Lee Johns here, but called Cutter in Rejects? Did I miss something? Yes. I actually sent Blue the link earlier. There is a Devil's Rejects wiki page. Uh, Captain Spaulding's real name is Johnny Lee Johns. Oh. Really, it's not mentioned in any of the other films but uh, it's on the wiki page. Okay. on my first watch I didn't really like Richard Brake's character but lately he has grown on me I think that's more to do with my love for the captain than on his performance but by the time the film has ended he's really earned his place yes he has I really enjoyed the rejects feel to the film Breakout was excellent along with the prison warden hostage taking and baby in the prison scenes Sherry has definitely come into her own she's completely bonkers and evil and I love it Bill Mosley is on top form, but then I enjoy watching him in anything. Yep. It's definitely a film of two halves, though, and I'm not as keen on the second half in Mexico as it feels a lot more padded. I felt the naked women were there solely to insert some sleaze. But who... Well, yes. <laughs> What's wrong with yeah. that? <laughs> but who knows? It may grow on me more. Having said that, I give it four blooded sombreros out of five. Right, I'm off to make some scatter cushions for the naughty step as my arse is getting really numb. All the best. Stay safe. Blue. Thanks, Blue. Yep, pretty much agrees with us on that. Yep, yep. Well, with me, with me anyway. <laughs> Except for the four out of five part. Wow, she agrees with me there, so she's yeah. obviously correct. <laughs> How can two people be wrong? <laughs> oh, God. Oh, so there boy. we go. That's Rob Zombie's <laughs> Firefly trilogy done. Done and dusted. <laughs> you haven't got to watch them anymore. <laughs> it wasn't as painful as me having to do paranormal activity. I, I think, believe it or not, I think I enjoyed even Three from Hell more than you enjoyed any of the paranormal activity. <laughs> what film did I pick for my bad this week? Blood Tide. I enjoyed that more than I enjoyed any of the paranormal activities. And I gave that one star. Oh, uh, didn't you, I, you? What about the first one? 
Remind me. Nope. Nope. Okay. There was one. There was one of them. I think I gave half a star more than the rest, which I thought was okay. I don't. I think my highest grade was like one and a half. (laughs) It wasn't the first one though. Fuck that shit. Oh gosh. Oh dear. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) you off to buy some chicken, aren't you? It is so obvious, so stupid, so out of left field, so just, just random. Yeah, but just, just imagine you're going down the road. There's a guy sat there with a crate full of chickens, and you know Ken Faree and Michael Berryman are there. Would you stop? <laughs> no, I wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, I might take a picture and send it to you and say jealous and get back in the car. Yes, yes, that would work. Yeah. Oh gosh. Oh well. Oh well. That's that lot done for this week. So. What are we doing next time? Next time we are going to do the Evil Dead trilogy. Ooh! Remake. Evil Dead, yes. Our good buddy Steve Dinsmore has asked us to do Evil Dead. Yep, yep. Steve wanted us to do Evil Dead, so we'll do Evil Dead. And we are nothing if not subservient to our listener. Correct. Absolutely. And so that leaves me to say, if you want to get in touch with us, you can do so at ancientslumberpodcast at gmail.com. If you want to throw us any questions, suggestions, abuse, whatever, we'll we'll take it all. We're also on Twitter at ancient underscore slumber and download the podcast on uh, Apple Pods or whatever it's bloody called and on Stitcher as well. Give us some reviews because we ain't got any reviews. Please, please give us a nice review. Get us up the listings. And what else was I going to say? Oh, yes. Apparently, we've got a Facebook group page now. We do. We do. We do, which I know absolutely nothing about because I'm not on Facebook. Oh, this could be the thing. This could be the thing. You can send your abuse for me over there because I won't see it. (laughs) So, yeah, Blue has been in uh, conspiracy with you over this one. There's a little Facebook page. Yes, yes, there is. There is. Any activity on there, I get sent screenshots. So behave yourselves. (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Oh, maybe you'll just have to get on Facebook. Oh, God, I would rather eat my own shit. <laughs> that is true. I wouldn't, I wouldn't go on Facebook. It's not that. Wasn't, wasn't that a scene in the Green Inferno? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would do that rather than go on and sign up for Facebook, to be honest. <laughs> That's where my, my inner Otis comes, my inner Sid Haig comes out then, and I'm not going to dance for the man. Yeah. <laughs> You're not the, and I quote, Bozo Jesus hung out to dry. I'm not the Bozo Jesus here. You can all do that. I'm signing up to Facebook. I like the friends I've got. I don't want to lose any more. Thank you. <laughs> I gotcha. I gotcha. Okay, then. So that's us done for another... Uh, oh, start again. That's us done for another episode. And we will be back with you in a few weeks' time with The Evil Dead. Yeah. Take care of yourselves, everybody. Don't get coronavirus, and uh, we will speak to you then. Ta. Bye. Okay, Mama, front and center on your feet. Don't hurt her. Get on your feet. Come on. Let's go. Please, mister, this is insane. Boy, the next word that comes out of your mouth better be some brilliant fucking Mark Twain shit, because it's definitely getting chisel on your tombstone.